swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. So get hyphened, get hyped, get hyphy. Also, go to your podcast provider, wherever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Five stars. Uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and hop on over to Twitter. My, can, ugh, my control issues is the handle. I wanted to say at and my at the same time. Mm. And there is no physical way to make an A and an M sound simultaneously. You know how you usually mix them up or whatever, man. AMC, how are you living? I'm living well. I we are in the middle of a Fourth of July weekend. Oh uh, Lord! Hearing all the fireworks, been hearing all the fireworks, but mm-hmm. they're, they're now you know they're now getting a little more frequent, a little louder. Um, but it, yeah, enjoying that. About to go to a barbecue, get some get some uh, get some ribs in my in my body, and then take a long ass nap. It's uh, twelve o'clock. <laughs> we're having a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about yourself, A Dub? How you been? Oh man, doing good. You know, went out last night. Went a, went a little too hard trying to recapture my glory days, and you know, just the maturity of my of my wizened age is setting in it's like there's certain things i don't need to do i haven't done a lot of things in the past year and a half and there's some stuff that i can leave in the past so you know learned a little bit about myself last night as i woke up on the couch and yeah man uh, gonna stop by the parents house i know they they're just dying to see people so they're probably cooking stuff i'm probably not gonna eat it <laughs> i don't know depends on what's there uh my brother Home cooking Robert. ain't good enough anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. <laughs> it's not so much home cooking as it is just the stuff that they choose to cook. So I don't know. I'll see what's there. I'll nibble on whatever just happens to be around. I'm just being. I'm just being me. And, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know me. Yeah. And you know my brother has a, a few of my PS4 games. I didn't realize he lifted before I moved out. So I need to collect those. Uh, drop off a jacket from my dad that I can't fit. And yeah, other than that, you know, back to studying, you know, looking forward to watching last week tonight. Uh, there's a new episode of My Hero Academia. I got to watch today. I'm so pumped. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, I might fire up the PS5 or the Series X and, you know, either run a few races or just shoot a bunch of aliens. You know, same shit. <laughs> like, uh, so this week, I know you said last week you were kind of taking it easy. Did you hop into the gaming space? Did you pick up the sticks and run through a game at all this week? Uh, this week, I decided to fire up Red Dead Redemption 2 again. And 
you know, just dicked around a little bit, riding my horse. I walked up to a guy. He immediately just got up and walked away. I, th- I feel like we might have talked about this. But yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned something else. Yeah, yeah, that was the most gaming I've done recently. You know, that I, I touched a little Rogue Legacy, but, you know, didn't really do anything terribly productive there. And I was looking to see if I had something. You know, periodically I checked to see if the Control Ultimate Edition for PS5 dropped below $10 because fuck 505 games, and that's the most that they're going to get out of me. And, yeah, man, I just... Look, you know, looking around my library, looking for the smaller indie titles that I could probably just put on, get a run or two in, and then call it a day. But other than that, no real gaming has been going on. Unfortunately, it's going to remain that way for a while. But I may get something in today. You know, put something up on twitch.tv slash control issues pod for your viewing pleasure. And I'll carry on with that. But AMC, what have you been playing? I have been playing uh, Hades. Actually... You know, I'll lead off with I went back into uh, Super Mario Brothers three Super Mario Brothers three D World, and um, beat that. Uh, beat that with an asterisk. I'll say. Uh, so I beat the uh, main storyline. It ended up opening up a new world, like just a, a fun world where it's just like levels that have nothing to do with the uh, the narrative. But um, you know, it looks like just some challenging levels that the developers decided to just put into the game, and so it's it's its own world. So we unlocked that, played a little bit. It's definitely a tougher experience. So you could kind of see that this is now that you know the game, this is somewhat new game plus territory. Yeah. So uh really enjoyed that. Got to see Cat Bowser. That was hot. Cat uh, Bowser? Yeah. Cat <laughs> yeah, Bowser was kind of killing it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he, he kind of looks like a like a tiger. Um he looks kind of like you know what he looks like Growlithe if you ever played um uh what's it Pokemon? Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. One Growlithe of my or one of my favorite Pokemon just because he's just a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's and Cat Bowser looks like a dog Pokemon, basically. Uh, and yeah, that was dope. Um, so it was nice to beat that. I was ready to move into Bowser's Fury, but then we got some more content. So this game just continues to um, to to find ways to get us to keep playing the original uh, version of it as opposed to the expansion. So once we do with that, we'll then make our way over to Bowser's Fury. But that game continues to be the shit. Also put in some work into Hades, man. Um I made it to that point, which seems like it's the end of the game. Lost that battle uh, to that boss. So I have not been able to beat that boss on whatever it is, like the fourth or fifth world. Um, but uh, I I absolutely love this game. As I play it, every time I play it, I just have the thought, like, I get it. I get it. I get why this game got game of the year. Um, it's weird. It's like every run is new and not in the way of... You know, like typical roguelikes, uh, the idea of every run is new because of, you know, the randomness of what kind of pops up um, and the makeup that you end up having with your character as you choose all your, in this case, boons um, that you decide to add on to your character as you go through the worlds. Um, it's you run into like I'm still running into new NPCs and even uh, <laughs> yeah, like new interactions. So like in the game, the gods give you uh, these boons and you can choose between like three they have multiple but you have your three that you can choose as they show up and you add on to your character skill set but then like i just happen to get one where it's like 
uh, it's called a duo boon. So it's two gods working together to give you one awesome attack that combines both of their powers. And that's a completely new thing in itself. So, and then uh, I got, I believe I got all the weapons now officially unlocked in the game that I can choose when I started, but then it added a, another slot of weapons where it's those weapons, but then with um, customizations that you can use, you can basically, you get this item uh, from fighting uh, one of the bosses. And I, up until this point, I haven't really been able to use it for anything. And now I'm just learning that I can now use those items to then customize uh, the weapons that I choose, the, the weapon that I choose to go into. The oh. So yeah, it's the game continues to evolve in a way where every time where I think like, oh, I'm ready to kind of just beat this game. So now let me just focus on this and get this, get these um, certain, uh, you know, uh, power ups. They add something new and it's like, oh, it just throws in like a new wrench. It's like, oh, well, now I can kind of tweak it in this way. Or now I don't want to beat the game because there's possibly new NPCs that I haven't run into that I now want to see in this game. So it's, uh, it's what seemed to have been like, you know, just a great game uh, just at a, at a glance has grown to be just a huge game with a ton to do within this kind of repetitive nature that is roguelike. So it's, they've done so much with the genre and in their own way to make it very distinct to this game. And yeah, I mean, super giant just absolutely just fucking murdered it with Haley's. I, I yes. can't wait to get back on it, play it again tonight when Theo goes to bed and Marissa goes to bed. I just stay up late and do that. Um, actually, you want to know the best part of AMC? Yes, they do. Even when you finally beat it, you haven't really beat it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it just begins because you just unlock more shit. Yeah, and I love it too because, like, even then, yeah, like you're saying, like when you beat it, then if you go back in, I'm sure the dialogue will change with will change with the NPCs that you run into in that hub world because they they pretty much they interact with you differently based on how many number of runs you've done based on who killed you in that run and like what in it, what uh, NPCs you came across in that run it'll they'll have something to say to you like oh you ran into that guy oh well here's something I have to tell you about them mm-hmm. uh, there's just so much that the game has to offer uh, and it re- finds great ways to reward you in its interaction with it and um if anything, that's a, a testament to great game development is encouraging the the player by giving them something new and fresh and something that would seem very repetitive. But A-Dub, let's get into these topics of the week. Top topics of the week. Oh, you want to lead off A-Dub? You know, I, thought it, was, I thought it was going to be a quiet week, but ended up just having so much news within this 4th of July week. Man, you know, there there's no such thing as quiet in the gaming community. Somebody's going to fuss about something. <laughs> so let's lead off big. First and foremost, people have been wondering what Sony's going to do, how they're going to respond. Microsoft's been buying up the gaming industry left and right. They bought Bethesda. What's Sony going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so this is Sony's response. This is Sony's response. <laughs> One of two responses Sony has made this week. They bought Housemark. Oh. Boom. <laughs> uh, take that, Todd, Todd Coward. Megaton. You you wanted space games, PlayStation gamers, you got space games. They got Starfield. We got Returnal. How about that? You, you wanted $70 roguelikes? Well, now, you <laughs> now you got them. <laughs> you liked Hades? Now you got your Hades. <laughs> 
Yeah, so on the heels of the success of Returnal, the roguelike third-person science fiction action shooter created by the story developer Housemark, who has a long-standing history of developing outstanding exclusive titles for the PlayStation ecosystem of consoles. Sony has finally made the relationship official. They put a ring on it. They're, they're on the honeymoon right now. They're in Bora Bora. And, you know, they're sending pictures and postcards. It's official. Sony has acquired them. Housemark is officially a first-party PlayStation studio. And Herman Holst remarks, Housemark's recent release of Returnal proves the studio is one with incredible vision capable of creating memorable new games that resonate with our community. This addition enhances the creative force of PlayStation Studios, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for Housemark. Yes, uh, they did. They haven't disclosed how much Housemark was purchased for. However, Holst goes on to say, we'll be able to take the limitations away and to get Ilari, Harry, Takanen, creative director and all the core team to focus exclusively on making amazing games. I think this is going to help them grow even further and it would be great for the quality and ambitions. So, you know, we, we saw this coming. I think we even talked about it here on the show where it seemed like with Sony being so behind the development of Returnal, you know, putting in those Sony bucks to pump it up to the, those AAA levels of production and polish. It seemed like, Returnal was going to be Housemark's audition tape for an acquisition. Luckily, it reviewed extremely well. A-Dub played it to completion, or at least soft completion. I've finished all of the biomes. I haven't gotten the, the true ending. I haven't gotten the platinum just yet. But having gone all the way through the game, I can personally say it is outstanding. It's my seal of approval and is easily one of my favorite games of all time. So, Seeing Returnal, seeing what a more closely knit partnership between Sony and Housemark can produce, it's going to be even more interesting seeing what comes next from Housemark now that they have all the and the talent within the PlayStation Studios brand at their disposal. AMC, how do you feel about this acquisition? Um, I mean, me personally, it's. I think it's a good pickup for Sony. Um, I didn't get Returnal, so I don't have a strong attachment to that game, but I know that they can... What? Make... You, you got Resogun. Yes, I did get Resogun. I got, what is it, uh, Alienation. I played other Housemark games, and yeah, they've all been great. If anything, um, what I like about this, and it shows up in Returnal and how that game was made, was that Sony allowed Housemark to do their thing with this game. They didn't say, hey, we need another Uncharted-esque <laughs> Naughty Dog, very story-driven um, cinematic experience, whatever that the people try to put on Sony as all their yeah. games being the same. They allowed Housemark to do their thing. And I think for them, you know, they had they come to a, uh, a crossroads where they were kind of trying to decide like, all right, so we want to make our games, but also we can't continue to just make these you know straight up arcadey style of games and um be able to survive off of that what um what we say with any type of acquisition and similar to insomniac and other companies is that this gives them the freedom to now just focus on making games yes there will be some input from uh i guess the publisher or the the owner but um in this case we've seen that Sony was a little hands-off with Returnal, allowed Housemark to do their thing. And so you would hope that that would mean that this just means Housemark doesn't have to look for their funding anymore. They can just continue to make their games now. Um, 
And so, yeah, that's that's great. It's a good pickup for Sony. I like that this is also a relationship that's been established. Um, it's not something out of the blue, like, hey, we're just going to pick up Capcom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of the rumors were like, this is very much, it, it seems in line with, if they were going to pick up somebody, it would be Housemark. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think this is a great acquisition for Sony, um, especially for diversifying the type of games that they can put out. Uh, and so, yeah, I think this is, this is going to be great. How, how about yourself, Ado? Uh, I, I think it's outstanding. It's a perfect fit. I mean, like I said, they, they have a long-standing relationship built on a history of making outstanding exclusive games. So now I'm just looking forward to what could possibly become a next. Is there anything that you would want them to do or bring back? Or would you just want to see nothing but new shit from here on out? Yeah, nothing but new shit. Ideally, um, we don't... I know they don't go that route of uh what was it when they were discussing like putting out like the battle royale game and things along those lines like I want them to, to continue to focus on like even if they just do roguelike games like I I like that even just having a first party studio dedicated to those style of games would be something very different from what you would expect from just the uh the typical like first party triple a experience and so if anything I, I want them to be able to just make these games that are more focused on gameplay first and then weaving in a narrative later and so i think just that alone but as far as like ip that they've already done or new ip um yeah no clue i just do do you basically is how i look at this now while i i'm definitely a champion of new ip especially coming off of something like this like go big when you're going to get acquired. You're going to get access to all kinds of technology and resources and talent. But at the same token, this is also an opportunity for them to maybe really demonstrate what that first party difference is by perhaps revisiting an old IP, doing a sequel and just blowing the doors off of it. Like imagine if they did Dead Nation, but Returnal style. So where it's third person and you're running through a city and you see the hordes coming down the streets, and you got to move through buildings and like throw a grappling hook swinging across chasms. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nuts. But, you know, overall, I would either like to see something in still in the Returnal vein, like perhaps a sequel, perhaps a spinoff or just something completely new. Whatever it is, I'm sure the house mark is going to make it outstanding. And now that they've got that that first party stamp from the PlayStation Studios brand, it'll get more attention and visibility, the likes of which they've deserved for a very long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Killer agrees. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into our next topic of the week. Top, topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. Let's see. Um, I have a story coming straight from, oh, Konami back in the headlines. Mm -hmm. Just, just when you thought they went away and just only focus on pachinko machines. Oh, so we're not getting Castlevania pachinko? I don't know. We, we still might get that, but... That shit get... sounds hot. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. You're just throwing it. You're playing a Simon Belmont, hitting them balls around. <laughs> yeah, you, the the plunger is is a whip handle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so Konami, they announced that they are doing a partnership with Bloober Team. <laughs> what a great name, a Bloober Team. So this is coming by way of IGN. Konami and Bloober Team, the developers behind The Medium, Blair Witch and Observer have announced a strategic cooperation agreement that will mm -hmm. see the two companies developing games together. Uh, 
nothing more is really said outside of that. Um, but that, of course, led to a lot of speculation. You know, um, a development team that was behind, you know, horror, new new horror games and horror classics. Um, you immediately try to connect them to, you know, Silent Hill. And so mm-hmm. here's that's where my thoughts went. <laughs> Yeah, so here are all the dots connected by IGN. Previously, reports had stated that Konami has begun outsourcing Silent Hill development to third-party developers, with one game rumored to be in the works at a Japanese developer. However, Bluver, Bluber has previously said that it's working on a horror IP with a very famous publisher connection, sparking rumors of a new Silent Hill project. Silent Hill composer Akira Yamaoka has separately teased that his latest project will be announced this summer, calling it the one you're kind of hoping to hear about. Uh. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and this is, you know, obviously uh, the last we've heard from Silent Hills was the uh, Hideo Kojima Silent Hill project that was put to bed in can you believe it? 2012. The last thing we last time we heard about Silent Hill was PT? yeah, it was PT, and that was over ten. That was about ten years ago. So I had that um, demo for that long. Yeah, and, and have it played. <laughs> the, the hot, the, the hottest game ever ever made. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess the question I would have for you, A Dub, is uh, you know, a Silent Hill project without Hideo Kojima. Do you, how do you feel this is received by the public at large? Do you think there's enough excitement already just to get a new Silent Hill game? Or do you think with the fact that it's Konami doing it without him, that there might be a little hesitation to accept this? And based on what I'm seeing online, I think people are just excited to get new Silent Hill because there, there would have been an uproar if it was such a big deal that Kojima wasn't involved. I think people are just so thirsty for more of the Silent Hill IP that they'll just take whatever they can get. I didn't realize that Bloober also did The Observer because that was, again, I think it was a first-person cyberpunk kind of detective situation where you're investigating crime scenes and trying to piece together a murder of some sort or solve a mystery. The game looked outstanding. The medium, while it, it wasn't received terribly well, that also looked outstanding and did interesting things involving the switching between two different worlds, the real world and then this more ethereal nether realm of some sort. Um, yeah, so I definitely believe that this developer can pull off something like a Silent Hill without the direction of Kojima. And it'll be interesting to see what comes of all of this. And it's also nice to see that Konami still kind of cares about games, even though they obviously don't give a shit about games. <laughs> they just want that money. But, you know, we'll see. How do you feel about this? Yeah, um, I kind of had a similar thought. Like, one, I was just thinking about, like, just them working without Kojima. And I think it, it could definitely work in that, like, you think about Capcom and the success of Capcom and with between Devil May Cry, uh, Monster Hunter, and Resident Evil, and you can't really put one name behind any of those games, like or all of those games, where you say like, "Well, if this person doesn't exist, then none of those games exist." And Konami well, kind of except, except Mega Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not really seeing anything from Mega Man. Uh, and yeah, and so you think about like with Konami, and they had kind of just gotten to the point where Konami was. Kojima it's like whatever mm-hmm. he was announcing was was 
only thing that was important in the Metal Gear franchise. And so, you know, they they get away from him and you can kind of see it. They lose their identity. They start focusing on how can we make money? <laughs> like, and so they 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 work on the, the, the what's it, the pachinko machines. They put out that awful Metal Gear game that was like <laughs> kind of like their their last gasp of <laughs> Kojima. <laughs> and then- Well, uh, we got the Fox engine. Let's just put something in it. <laughs> let's put zombies in here. <laughs> and yeah, and so then, um, yeah, they just, they went and they did some soul searching and it seems like you know um they finally saw like an avenue at least they they've seen a path back into the video game industry and they're slowly making moves um and so like this is even announced like as a cooperation which means that konami themselves they still want to have their own input and they call it a joint venture so it's not like they're just handing over say silent hill to bloober team it's if anything they're bringing in their expertise to help them make a good silent hill game and so i like that they're now taking a look at the industry seeing who can they work with and even going outside this is a polish developer going outside of japan to reach out to people so i think that this is um this is a good move for them to kind of one humble themselves and then try to evolve with the times. And so uh, the only thing important here for me, cause I've never, I never got into the Silent Hill franchise is that the possibility of seeing uh, a new Castlevania game, you know, fresh off of the uh, announcement of Metroid Dread, everybody was excited about Metroid prime four, but Metroid Dread, <laughs> that looks like the, a throwback to what was great about, um, you know, Metroids and the Metroid games of the past and the possibility of getting like, you know, a new 2D side-scrolling uh, Castlevania game is something that would be absolutely amazing for me. And so hopefully Konami continues to take note of uh, what other developers are doing um, to, you know, to bring their old franchises into the modern space, but still be received well by, you know, this new <laughs> killer by <Yeah. laughs> this new community of gamers and hopefully they'll continue to make those moves here you talk for a couple seconds while i let this cat in it's just it's very interesting at least with the metroid thing i know we're kind of getting off topic here but it's interesting to me that we're going we've seen a new metroid like mostly developed that's been revealed and it's probably going to release before we ever even get our first glimpse of Metroid Prime 4. So that makes me wonder <laughs> what's really going on with Metroid Prime if it's been this long and we haven't even, not even a screenshot, nothing. So, uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. And got a whole nother Metroid game, which is like, were y'all just workshopping ideas? <laughs> you just happen to come up with some shit that worked well for a 2D side scroller and you're starting over? Like, what's going on with Metroid Prime 4 at this point? And what I, from what I remember, it was forever, forever ago when I read the article. But I believe even with the uh, original Metroid Prime trilogy, I believe that they were working on a Metroid game, and then like one of the directors or like the heads of Nintendo came in and was like, "We're scrapping all this. We're going first-person shooter." <laughs> and then like, and then that's how like Metroid Prime was kind of birthed. And it seems like that's almost the case with Metroid Prime Four, where it's like, "All right, we had an idea. We're gonna scrap it all." You know, let's just throw out dread for right now, um, because this this we know we can do, and let's iron out like the kinks before we you know release footage of Metroid Prime Four. I mean, my my biggest speculation is maybe they're holding off until they release that Switch Pro to have it on there, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens with Metroid Prime Four. Who knows? What if Metroid Dread was the game that was scrapped in order for them to make Metroid Prime? Oh yeah, <laughs> like I <Adi> just <G> said. 
<laughs> we got it to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fun. They just have like all this coding. They like run it through a computer and all of a sudden like Metroid Dread pops out of it. <laughs> Maybe they were ahead of their time and just the things that they wanted to do couldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. that would be awesome. Who knows? Game development stories span the gamut of weird and strange, so I wouldn't play it past. Yes, sir. Well, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Well, in keeping with the theme of what we already let off with, I got another acquisition for you. I got another Sony acquisition for you. This one is a little less significant depending on, you know, what platforms you own and how interested you are in this kind of stuff. But PlayStation also acquires the Dutch studio Nixus. AMC. Does that does that make your spider sense tingle? You have to give me a little backstory. What is uh Nixus? Nixus is a pretty storied developer. They're they seem to be specialists in porting games to PC. Uh, as you probably already know, especially with the example of Horizon Zero Dawn going to PC, Sony hasn't exactly had the most sterling track record with porting their first-party titles to the PC platform, which they've been doing recently. So it's speculated that this acquisition is to bring in some more specialized talent in order to help in that regard. So how do you feel about it now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, somebody who does not PC game at all doesn't do anything for me personally. Um, I mean, it's good for that space because there are those people who couldn't wait to get their hands on, you know, one of these Sony exclusives so they can make, you know, what is it, a uh, alloy look a little skinnier, make, make her, her hot, put her in some booty shorts, yeah, make her make her face a little thinner, yeah. um, make yeah. that chin a little pointier, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, make so, those eyes a little dewier, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I people, mean, <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's it's all they care about. Um, so yeah, I you know it's it's a good investment. I feel like if Sony, if they're going to put out these PC ports, why not make them good ports? Um, not not the uh, the focus that I care about, but I mean it's you, you got to protect your brand, and so you don't want these people who have been who couldn't wait to play a Sony game. They finally get their hands on it, and it's running pretty shoddy. Um, you got to get it right, and so I that's that's about all I have on that. How about yourself? Where's the Legolos patch? For Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> Where's that mod? Why can't you play as Legolos? Yes, first thing you want to do, first thing you want to do is put Aloy in booty shorts. Nobody makes Legolos. What's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's the Hawkeye mod? <laughs> Where are these things that are obvious that you should be doing with your time and energy that are gonna make the biggest splash? Instead, you want to have your waifu simulator and get that shit tight. Because I mean, uh, even I say you see one of those robot dinosaurs show up as like Thomas the Train. I mean, you can't you can't even get that going. (laughs) I forgot about the Mister X. (laughs) I wonder. I wonder if anybody's done the Lady Demetrescu mod for Resident Evil Two. Yeah. So it's not Mister X. It's her. She's coming out. And she got on a dominatrix outfit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that smile, the, the train sound <laughs> that you yeah. hear in the distance <laughs> before you bust through the door with that side eye. 
that smile. So. <laughs> As he like lays his train body on you. Tries to, tries to just what, just smack you with the side of his face. <laughs> with with his smokestack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord Jesus. Let's get into our next topic of the week. Top, topic of the week. You can take another one since that was a short one. Oh mercy. Okay. I'm gonna get all right. I'm gonna get into the big news, the real big news. We got an upgrade coming. We got an expansion coming. We got some prices coming. Uh, <laughs> so there's been a rumor that's been circulating for a few days. This is actually one so of so many the, rumors. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's one of so many rumors, and it's also one of the quickest turnarounds for any other rumors because as soon as it came up. It was already like in action. There was information, basically a listing or some kind of what is what does that happen? Where a registration where there was some kind of Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, and then people were speculating, oh, they're gonna drop a sequel, it's Ghost of Ikishima. And then out of nowhere, Sony and Sucker Punch announced that Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut and Iki Island expansion are announced for PS4 and PS5 with a PS5 upgrade. Dun, dun, dun. Free upgrade, I'm guessing, right? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into it before we get into that. So, So first and foremost, yes, this game is coming with a PlayStation 5 upgrade. And what that entails is that players are going to have lip syncing for both the English and the Japanese voiceover. Uh, the PS5 version will also have haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, 3D audio, and drastically improved load times on top of different 4K resolution options, which is being speculated as performance or fidelity. So you know how that goes, as well as a targeted 60 frames per second to keep everything in that next gen luster. And just a little cherry on top of this fully loaded Sunday, you'll be able to transfer your save file from your PS4 to your PS5. Uh, So those are the new new features. So on top of that, you get the Iki Island expansion. So it's an island that was a neighbor to Tsushima. And according to Japanese history, it was also invaded by the Mongols. So Jin's going to have a new adventure on this new island, and you're going to get new environments, new armor, there's going to be new techniques, and more when you decide to visit that. That island will know more as more details emerge. And now we get to the price. (laughs) (laughs) So the director's cut, it's going to be 60 bucks on PS4, $70 on PS5. Of course, we know how that goes. If you are a PS4 player and you have Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, but you want to upgrade to the director's cut, it's going to be $20. If you're a PS4 player who wants to, and you own the director's cut, and you want to upgrade to the PS5 version of the director's cut, it's going to be $10. Uh, and anybody who has the original copy of Ghost of Tsushima but wants to upgrade to the director's cut on PS5, that's going to be $30. <laughs> AFC, how do you feel about this copious amount of news? Oh, man. Uh, well, one, that's great. I'm glad they're still working on Ghost of Tsushima, finding new ways to 
add on to what was already a phenomenal game. <sighs> um, this upgrade thing, it's, uh, I mean, we will get into it. It's, it's, it, when I first saw it, it the shit storm had already started bubbling before even like the announcement of the game. Like, like I, before I could even, I should say, before I could even read the details of the expansion, people are already complaining about the fact that they would have to pay for this PS5 upgrade. So then as I see it, I'm like, okay, well, it's an expansion. So that makes total sense. And I, pretty much i flat out disagree with most of the people complaining then i see some of the details and it does get a little funky so you know it's one of those things that i see some of the uh criticism i'll say uh, i don't get a little trolley yeah like I, I i don't fully agree with it i do see some of it in that you know this is a thing that's is, is always going to be ongoing with uh with video games is that there's a fear that you somewhat get purchase or purchase you somewhat get punished for being an early adopter of a game in that like um this is not the same thing but you know if you buy a a base console and then the next couple years a promo a pro console comes out you're like well fuck like now why did i spend all that money (laughs) yeah uh i mean not the same thing obviously because it's not nearly as much but you're dealing with that situation with control. I bought the game and now mm-hmm. there's this ultimate edition that I, I need now in order to be able to play the PS5 version of the game. Um, and that was its own fucked up situation in itself. Um, and so there is this, I feel like there's always going to be this situation that if you buy a game like right out the gate and support it, and then you find out new stuff comes, people are going to be upset no matter what. Uh, and now this is where it gets into gray area because I feel like people shouldn't be entitled to this expansion at all. Like you should have to pay for this. They put in time and effort. They took money. They definitely invested into this expansion and you should definitely have to put down some money to get your hands on it. Um, the part that gets weird to me is when they're like improve load times, like, well, couldn't that just be part of like the uh, the I guess the the backwards compatibility when I go to you know play the game and download the patch? Uh, you throw in like sixty frames per second patch. You would ass- the assumption would be also better load times. And so when you throw in that this is going to have possibly even better load times, that's a little strange to not just give to everybody. Um, haptic feedback. I would like to have haptic feedback. I purchased a PlayStation Five, and I love this DualSense controller. So the more games that I can really, you know, get a feel for, you know, just the difference of, you know, you know from going from PS4 to PS5, that would be awesome. But once again, you know, money and resources are put into, um, I guess, put into, you know, having the haptic feedback play into certain gameplay aspects within the game. So I totally get that. It's it's funky. I don't have an issue with it. Like the fact that it doesn't bother me on a personal level. I will just say I do get some of the criticism, not all of it. When the people say that we should just get everything, that's a little bullshit. When people get a little nitpicky, I kind of understand only, especially from the standpoint of it being a Sony first party exclusive, even with control, you could argue where they're, they're a third party. They can do whatever they want with their game. Uh, Whereas once you get into, you know, PlayStation exclusive territory, you, there is somewhat of a we're going to we're going to do good by our consumers that, you know, bought our console and want to support our first party games. Um, and so it gets a little weird there. But that's where I'll stop. Hey, Dub, how do you feel about it? Uh, I don't I don't feel 
I don't feel harshly about it at all. I mean, they put in this work, they made these upgrades. The PS4 version of the game has already received a 60 frames 4K patch, as well as improved load times. So this additional upgrade is a proper PS5 version that has the different visual modes, that has the same 60 frames per second and likely will have even better load times because it's being designed specifically to take advantage of the PS5 hard drive. But on top of that, it's also got this expansion, which is new content. I mean, let's let's not forget that Sucker Punch has already given everybody the free Ghost of Tsushima Legends multiplayer mode, which was received as one of the best, albeit free, updates ever released. So, you know, people really love that. I think people could extend just a little bit of goodwill here. Sucker Punch has obviously put a lot of care and attention into the base game as it is, which was well received, despite, you know, the pre-release anti-hype that was going against it the whole time. People were trying to sink it, but Ghost of Tsushima rose to the top. And, you know, I'm not going to be in a rush to go out and get it, primarily just because my television isn't really going to be able to take advantage of the improvements that this director's cut is going to be yielding for me. So I want to get a new TV before I get it, but once I do get a new TV, I'll go get it. So, you know, I feel that at least the packaging of it is a little strange. I understand the $10 PS5 premium that comes with PS5 games. I think it's a little odd to make people pay for both at once when people might want just one or the other. Some people may not want an expansion. Some people may just want the game as it is. And that's a perfectly valid concern. And I think it would have been a little more healthy for Sony to address that. I mean, odds are, I think people will get mad about it now. If you know Sony, chances are that, you know, down the line, we'll, we'll see this on PS Plus um, available to everybody. So, I mean, it's just one of those things like people are upset right now, but I think it, it'll, it'll blow over. I mean, you know how it goes. People talk all, people talk all this wild shit on the internet and then something comes out and it sells 17 million copies and it's like, oh, that all meant nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of meaning nothing, speaking of people that know Sony, yeah. we got Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. So they're coming sideways at at the new Project $10. They're coming sideways at Sony. They don't like the way things are going. First Troll says, what? This is effectively smart delivery. And Sony wants $10 for the privilege for the payers, indeed. (laughs) Yeah, you've seen a lot of people twisting the for the players slogan into for the payers over this whole situation. Are we all wells now? Oh man, this is bloodletting. Yeah. <laughs> Effectively smart delivery. Um, no. And a lot of people are trying to put this false equivalency forward, and it needs to stop immediately because number one, this is a PS5 version of the game. You know what smart delivery is? It's Xbox One X enhanced versions of Xbox One games. There has not been a single Xbox Series X smart delivery upgrade yet 
So to call this a smart delivery equivalency, it's just flat out wrong. We don't know what Microsoft would do in this situation because they aren't in this situation. So stop trying to pretend like. Stop. Number one, I don't even think people are trying to pretend like they're equivalent. I think people are trying to slide this little sly thing underneath people's noses to just start that conversation and that comparison to see if they can force Sony to do something that, by and large, they have no obligation to do. Well, it's that we're going to try to equate the housemark acquisition to Bethesda when they're not Mm -hmm. the same. (laughs) Like this is Sony's answer. And so they do this with, um, what is it? uh, PlayStation now, like this is Sony's answer to game pass. And it's like, no, this is nothing like game pass. (laughs) And yeah, you see with this situation, the, the, uh, as you had mentioned that performance patch, that was the equivalent, if anything, to smart delivery. This is something for free. Yeah. This is something completely different. If, if you would, uh, if you're really looking at it on paper. Yeah. But you know, trolls don't look at shit on paper. (laughs) Next troll says, sorry, but this is greed. I love the game. I love the developer, but this is something that would get a ton of hate if it was any other game. Even EA is releasing next-gen upgrades for a lot of their games, and they're all free. If your business model for next-gen upgrades is worse than EA, it's just anti-consumer and greedy. <laughs> well, first of all, EA is a completely different company, and they can do whatever the fuck they want with their games. This is Sony with their first-party offerings, and they can do whatever the fuck they want with their games. They made it very clear at the start of the generation that Sony first party games would be $70. So it should come as no surprise that somewhere within the upgrade path from a PS4 version to a PS5 version of a Sony first party game is a $10 surcharge. So while it, you know, it's a little murky, it feels a little bad, you know, gotta pay that 10 bucks, but at the same token, that's just the way shit goes, man. You either pay or you play. You either pay to play or you just chill out and wait for it to be cheaper, which is always an option. It's not like it's going to be this forever. So I don't know why people are complaining right now about something that they're probably not even going to, you know, try to get immediately. Next show says, imagine the level of backlash Xbox would get if they re-release games like this. But since it's Sony, it gets a pass. Uh, well first of all it's not a re-release it's an expansion and it's an upgrade to a version of the game that does not exist so it's not like it's a remaster of ghost of tsushima or like not not necessarily a remaster because that's you know technically what it is but it's not like it's a game of the year edition or something like that. This is a director's cut. It's got new features. It's got new content. It has an expansion in there. And let's keep in mind that they already gave us that free Ghost of Tsushima Legends mode. So as suggested earlier, let's extend a little goodwill to the developer who's put a lot of time and attention into this game that people tried to write off as nothing more than an Assassin's Creed clone with easy combat before it came off. Like People were ready to just, just dismiss this game before it came out and then it suddenly that pre-release hype started building with reviewers like yo this is more than what you guys think it is then suddenly a bunch of tunes changed so we went from it being a generic clone of another franchise in order to diminish it to like oh why do i have to pay for this content like pick a side dude you can't just be you can't be hating on it one minute and then 
enjoy it so much that the idea of paying for more of it just hurts your soul. I mean, and then Xbox did kind of do this when they released the Master Chief Collection. There are, there are features in that that you couldn't get if you were to just, you know, play Halo the the backwards compatible version as opposed to the master chief collection version so there are there are xbox has done it they just haven't done it with a ton of games but yeah you can just look right there and see that those two experiences aren't going to be the same experience and they haven't done it this generation outside of the smart delivery platform which again is giving you xbox one x enhanced versions of the games not series x or s versions of these games next troll says no issues with the 20 dollars expansion but the 10 dollars for the ps5 upgrade doesn't sit right Duh. well tough shit next troll says meanwhile xbox smart delivery just giving everyone the best versions of what they already bought yeah, and you already bought Xbox One games, and you're getting the best Xbox One version of that game. You're not getting the Xbox Series version, so quit that noise. Next troll, Jim Ryan is out of touch with consumer preferences. He needs to go. <laughs> it was it was only a matter of time before somebody's calling for the pink slip, trying to pull that card, trying to pull the petard. <laughs> no, man, Jim Ryan's doing just fine. Watch this. Watch this just sell like hotcakes. Watch Ghost of Tsushima reach like some crazy new sales milestone as a result of this. Watch, watch the congratulatory tweets go out from all across the industry. Watch Phil Spencer be like, I'm so happy for the success of the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut. <laughs> Looking forward to it being on Game Pass. <laughs> oh. Next troll says, there's absolutely no reason Sony can't make the new island a separate DLC and everything else comes free. Greed and disrespect for their consumers, pure and simple. Incredible that Sony fanboys continue to defend this behavior. Xbox fans were very critical of the missteps early in the Xbox One era, and Microsoft listened and improved. Sony has no incentive to do better when their customers are so brainwashed they'll gladly defend this greed. <laughs> My man went in. Uh, first of all, Microsoft listened and adapted in the Xbox One era because the backlash from the way that they revealed it quite literally threatened the life of the console before it was even born. There may not have been an Xbox One era if they didn't change course. So, you know... They had that going for us. Sony's not in that situation. So let's not try to equivocate that. There's more than 10 million PS5s in the wild. More than nine. They're probably 10 by now. It's more than 10 million PS5s in the wild. So Sony isn't in a situation where they got to save the potential viability of their console in the marketplace. Uh, I do agree that there's no reason that they can't make this, the Island DLC separate. However, this is one of those ploys that dudes make where they say, and everything else comes free. Like, it, you're just trying to get free shit. <laughs> That's all people always try to do. That's whenever they throw out the greed and the disrespect and all those other hot button terms and issues, it's just because you got to pay for something that you really want. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's that weird thing where you get punished for doing more <laughs> in a way like it's like if uh they just 
didn't touch Ghost of Tsushima at all, then people would just remember it as it was for as the PS4 game that it was, and it wouldn't be an issue. But they try to give you more content, and somehow that pisses off people more. Um, yeah, to that that comment that you know Sony hasn't had to adapt. I mean, we're in this situation because Sony adapted. People have been crying about backwards compatibility, and now we got it. And now people are crying about how backwards compatibility is being implemented. Um, and so it's it's basically never enough. But Sony is listening to the consumers. We wouldn't be in this situation if they had not been listening to consumers, because then there would just be the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut and your PS4 version would be locked on your PS4 and that would be it. So the fact that you could even play your PS4 version on the PS5 is a sign that Sony is listening. You're just not happy with the way that they're implementing that plan. Not happy with the way that they're trying to recover the cost of doing all this work. <laughs> like they got to get the money back. Next show says everyone crying on here like they actually own the PS5. <laughs> it would be an interesting poll to see how many of the people posting do have the console in the first place in order to be complaining about how the PS5 prices are structured. But I think it's more of their crying because they have ps4s and so they're going to buy that director's cut but then they don't want to have to pay more money than after they buy it once they eventually get that ps5 version why do i gotta keep paying for yeah stuff? why do i gotta give you more money <laughs> why do i gotta keep paying for new stuff yeah if xbox had anything as incredible as ghost of Tsushima during the xbox one era i don't think xbox fans would have complained about this <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, we just gonna let that one simmer under your skin like a hot brand against the cattle eye. Next show says Xbox fans are hilarious. Whatever little advantage they have ends up becoming the most important thing in the world. When Xbox One X was out, they understood so well that premium products come with premium pricing. All of a sudden, they're the biggest bargain hunters the world has ever known. Prices everything. <laughs> I got to agree there. It's very interesting how last gen, when that Xbox One X came out, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah, most powerful console in the world. Yeah, you got to pay to play. Even back in the days when uh, Xbox Live came out, and it was like, it's so much better than PlayStation Network. Oh, you got to pay. You got to pay for, what is it? What is that phrase? You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So now here we are about to get an upgrade to one of the best games of last year. Oh, I need it for free. Why well, can't I get it for free? Smart delivery. Xbox One has smart delivery. Come on, man. Get over it. Next show says, PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, PlayStation, now we, now we pay station. From delay station. <laughs> Woke station. <laughs> Next show says PlayStation for the payers. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, man, you got to pay to play. You got to pay the price of admission if you want to get on the ride and you got to be this tall. So get your money up, stand on top of it. Maybe you'll get a seat. Last troll says, sad that people are defending this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always a good one. I always like the people who are like, I don't know why people are defending companies. I hear that a lot. I don't know why you're defending companies. <laughs> it's like, well, because we buy products from them and we also want to have 
fair opinions, but you can't, apparently you can't have an opinion about a company unless it's super critical and negative. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to me because it, it's just people who don't seem to appreciate the delicate balance that companies and consumers have with one another. You see, we have this thing called money and businesses have these things called products. And what happens is consumers give the businesses some of that money. Therefore, the business gives them a product in exchange. They make a little profit off of that sale, which allows them to continue operating and then use any excess money to make newer and better products that they can then advertise to us that we can then give them more money for so that they can continue this cycle of giving us things that we enjoy and derive entertainment from. So if they get into the cycle where they're just giving you free shit, then the money stops coming in, then the products stop coming out, and then we are no longer entertained. Maximus, Decimus, Minimus would not be pleased with what would go on there. So we got to keep paying for stuff, people. You got to keep the lights on. You got to keep people employed. People got to make a living. Babies need shoes and shit. So this is just the way things are. Feel lucky and feel very appreciated when a developer or a publisher decides to put out anything that's free because by and large, they don't have to do that. Like AMC mentioned, we could very well have simply gotten the director's cut on PS4 and had to play it with PS5 backward compatibility, but they went above and beyond that to give us a PS5 upgrade in addition to this. Yeah, it's a little wonky with them bundling the PS5 upgrade along with the expansion, but hey, that's what they chose to do, and they'll reap the benefits as well as the drawbacks of that decision. A lot of people are going to buy it. A lot of people are going to wait for a price drop. And some people are just going to stay away from it based on principle. And that's their choice. However, we all have choices to make. They don't have to do anything any particular way. You can be upset about it. But all we ask is that you understand. Choke the weed, 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 choke the the weed, Top topic of the week. Yes, I do. I will make this quick. We got an announcement of PS Plus games for the month of July. And yeah, A-Dub. buddy. All right. So here we go. Here, I hope you're excited, A Dub. Because we there was a rumor. <laughs> there was a rumor about the PS Plus games, and I gotta say the rumor was one for three on this one. But go on ahead. Let them know what we're getting. Uh, as far as rumors go, we got three games that. We got two PS4 games. The first oh. one, oh, oh, it's a popular one. This one being Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Oh my damn. Yeah, so many, so many Call of Duties. Oh man, I can't wait to play them all. We also got the acclaimed, not not the uh the buggy WWE game. Oh no, no. We got the arcadey WWE game. That that being WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Oh. <sighs> This one can't, described can't see me. Yeah, can't see me. This one described as an over-the-top action game. <laughs> so wrestling. 
Yeah, in wrestling. <laughs> um, but you can get like on fire, I guess. So think more along the lines of um, like NBA backyard game. wrestling. M- NBA jam <laughs> with, with wrestling. So you can you can set your guy on fire probably, or he can get the he. I'm looking at a screenshot right now, and Stone Cold Steve Austin has the same glow as Blue Sue Lori getting ready to whoop Shonuff's ass. Super Saiyan Austin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes are glowing. Um, and then the, uh, the third game, this will be the uh, PS5 only game, that being A Plague Tale Innocence. And that's that one for three on the rumor mill. Yes, sir. So yeah, 4K native resolution, targeted 60 frames per second, mm. highly improved visuals, fast loading. Oh, uh, damn. You can expect in that director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima, but without the expansion. <laughs> without um, paying for it. Without paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do any of these games grab you, A-Dub? Plague Tale Innocence does. So I'm probably going to add that to my queue. I've been hearing nothing but good things from people who played it. Personally, I did not see any of that reflected in any of the gameplay footage. So I'm looking forward to seeing what all the fuss is about. Uh, Plague Tale Innocence, it has outstanding visuals. So I am looking forward to that feast for the eyes. And I'm also looking forward to discovering exactly what the gameplay experience will hold for a man like me. AMC, how do you feel about this selection? Uh, yeah, no, nothing here for me. I'm going to probably pass up on these. Uh, the WWE game is enticing just from a standpoint of, you know, maybe put it in my library, don't actually download it. And then one day as Theo is just scrolling through hundreds of PlayStation games that I've been amassing for my PS plus collection, he can just, he might see this WWE 2K Battlegrounds game and be like, I want to play as a glowing Stone Cold Steve Austin as well. Do you hope Theo is going to be into wrestling? Oh, you know, he not hope he is going to be into wrestling. A yes. it's not a choice. It's <laughs> it's part of the uh, if if the Scott family had a uh, what is it uh, a coat of arms, it would one would be a guy getting clothesline. That'd be one of the corners <laughs> of the shield. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's the coat. Oh, but just a stiff arm across the chest. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I find it kind of difficult to not get into wrestling because if you're exposed to it at a young age, it's just so over the top and spectacular that you're going to get drawn in. I was into wrestling at one point. Like, I, would be, I would be on the phone with my friend watching wrestling together. Like, oh, did, did you see? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, like, even if you're not into it, you're aware of it. So it's like, the, this is that crossover. Like, people just know who John Cena is. People know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. People definitely know who The Rock is. So there's just certain things where even if you don't watch wrestling, there is still a general knowledge that the population has of wrestling just because of some of the just the crossover talent that they've produced over the years yeah hulk hogan the biggest one i mean you can't you can watch a sex tape of him you can see him <laughs> make inappropriate remarks about black people <laughs> you can also you see still him still love him you still want to get on that red and yellow cigarette boat <laughs> yeah because he is the american dream <laughs> You uh, still want to? You still want to take a ride on that? You know, on that red and yellow single engine Cessna? I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like when, uh, who was it? Uh, is it Banksy? Did is it Banksy who did the Andre the Giant? 
I mean, it uh, wasn't like I think that was a Shepherd Fairy. Shepherd Fairy when Shepherd the Fairy obey did, face. Yeah, did the obey face. It wasn't like people were looking at that and like who's Andre the Giant. Everybody knew that that was Andre the Giant first and yes. foremost. <laughs> yes. So yeah, there's just something about wrestling that just you know appeals to so many people in some of the wrongest and some of the best ways possible. Now, was Hulk Hogan also the first WWE talent to cr- to cross over into like film and television? Because I remember there was a what what was that? Damn, now I'm forgetting. I know there was no holes barred with Zeus and yeah, Hulk Hogan. That, that was a big one. But there was also like the sci-fi movie. You're talking about Suburban Commando? Yes, I wanted to say <laughs> Suburban Commando, but I didn't think that was it. I was like mixing up with, with uh Mr. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> And there's always those, those movies with the well, Mr. Mom's a little different, but those movies yeah. with the big strong guy who somehow becomes like a babysitter. Oh, <laughs> kindergarten cop. Yeah. I think the, the pacifier. The tooth fairy. The tooth fairy. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh I not I spy, but some, the one with uh, Dave Batista and the little girl. Yeah, I don't know the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's teaching her how to be a spy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's every wrestler or just strong guy has had that movie at some point in time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good movie marathon to watch all of those kind of movies. Yeah. <laughs> and just enjoy them for what they are. Exactly. Oh, you got man. you got any stories, Adam? Uh some quick hits. Yes, sir. Uh, in the vein of even more acquisitions, Take-Two Interactive has acquired a facial animation studio that's behind the facial animations in Red Dead as well as NBA 2K. Uh, the studio is by the name of Dynamics, Dynamics YZ. <laughs> uh, they previously performed facial animation services on Red Dead 2, NBA 2K. Now they're a part of the Take-Two Interactive umbrella. And I imagine that's going to make all those games that they put out even better and better. Yeah, can you imagine uh, the PlayStation 5 version of LA Noir with that team behind it doing all the facial animations? I don't even see the facial tics. I don't even want to think about LA Noir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next little quick hit there has been a multiplayer spinoff announced for Control. It uh, doesn't really have a name yet, just the acknowledgement that one is on the way. And Remedy has said that there will be more Control games in the works. A dub personally looking forward to that next quick hit rockstar co-founder dan hauser has seemingly started a new studio uh there has been a registration for a studio by the name of absurd ventures and games and stated as a member of its board of directors is dan hauser so imagine that uh next quick hit ea has announced Four events ahead of the EA Play Live Showcase that will take place on July 22nd. So you can look forward to some more Easter eggs and gaming news from your boys, yours truly, getting it done. Next quick hit, NetherRealm Studios, the makers of Mortal Kombat, Injustice. They're starting work on a new game, and as a result, they're ending DLC support for Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, That's a little sad, but also, you know, from death springs life and there's a lot of death in mortal Kombat, so i imagine there's going to be something very lively coming from there maybe we're getting justice 3 and maybe we'll get that rumored marvel game that's coming out who knows and last quick hit we got a little a little in memoriam a little r.i.p 
uh, a little little obituary section. River, the real life dog that inspired Fallout Four's dog meat, has passed away. AMC, are you as broken up about it as I am? Oh, I am so broken up. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times dog meat got like stuck in things. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately to delicious. <laughs> so I, I imagine that this dog somewhat inspired that. That Bethesda engine that was so great behind Fallout 4. That dog jank. <laughs> that dog meat was the shit though. That was like that was like one of the uh, the big selling points was like, you got your dog. <laughs> and he had his own oak ridge tree, didn't he? Or fossil yeah. yeah. <laughs> Equipment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dog meat was the shit. I put the bandana on the dog and the metal armor. Oh man. <laughs> it's dog meat. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta go finish Fallout 4. I'm so close. <laughs> I'm so close to finishing so many games. I'd have probably finished so many games if I didn't decide to better myself, but whatever. We'll see what happens next year. Mm. Well, I'm all tapped out, AMC. How about yourself? Yeah, I am done. You have any final words? Uh it, it's it's dark and hell is hot. <laughs> no, it's hot outside, sun is shining, you know. If um I hope everybody did something fun and fruitful on their July 4th weekends getting a barbecue, getting a swimming pool, eat some watermelon, get some chicken, do your thing, be safe, respect others, but most of all, respect yourself. This is Control Issues. I am the AM.